Are you ready to be fired up? Because I sure am. I am so excited today. I've got George Camel, and he is launching a book pretty soon, which we're going to talk about in a minute. I want to tell you about it right away. It actually launches on the 16th of January, which is probably your, after you're hearing this, which is fine, but you want to go out and buy a copy of it. Um, it's amazing. He was broke at one time and now a millionaire. He's the co-host of the Dave Ramsey show. He's all about helping people uh, enjoy life, have more financial freedom in their life and just to kind of crush it. Let's get you fired up. Financially independent, retire early. If you're a small business, professional, or entrepreneur, and you're looking for a way to stand out amongst your competition, then this is the podcast for you. We focus on relevant digital marketing strategies and tools to help you stand out in your industry and become the market leader in your profession. Hey, we don't hold back on this podcast. We say it like it is. And sometimes you may not like what you're hearing, but I guarantee you, you'll know the information given is truly what you need to do to take your business to the next level. So hang tight because you're about to be fired up with me, Krista Mayshore. Uh, tell me a little bit, George, about your story. First of all, thank you so much for being here. It's an honor. Yeah, I've been on the Ramsey team now for 10 years. And so I started as a broke 23-year-old who fell for all of the money traps. I had student loans, 36 grand in student loans, $4,000 in credit card debt, and I had done everything society told me to do. And I was frustrated. I was anxious. I was cynical toward adulthood. And luckily, you know, Ramsey Solutions entered my life and I broke free from broke, as I talk about in the book, Breaking Free from Broke. And over 10 years of following a proven plan, my wife and I are now net worth millionaires. And I'm just an average George. I didn't grow up with money. My parents are immigrants. And I had to unplug from this money matrix that we've all been chained to in order to build wealth faster with more peace. And so that's what I'm all about. So everyone, his book is Breaking Free from Broke. You want to go, look, I mean, from being massively in debt to now a multimillionaire at age 33, you said it's only been, you know, you've been with his team. Is that you're 33? I mean, that's amazing. Yeah, I'm 34 now. And so 10 years of following the plan of just doing boring stuff. And everyone out there on social media will tell you, oh, it's really complicated. And this is how the wealthy do it. And there's so much noise out there. So I just wanted to write this book to cut through all the noise, help you understand all of the traps, understand the debt system, and then show you a simpler path to building wealth and having that financial freedom where you have options and margin in your life to do what you want to do. I love it. So I want to ask you a couple of questions. I wrote a few things. I did some research on you. So excuse me if I'm looking down. Sure. Um, okay, so from the book, I'm Breaking Free From Broke, you have challenged a lot and people have a lot of challenges regarding money. Like that's just obvious. And I think because of the way we're brought up and, you know, and the things that we're told, it's harder for, for more, for some than most. I think it's harder more for most, quite frankly. So what does you say that, you know, we're brought up in a toxic type of environment regarding money. Can you explain what you mean by that? I know you talk about it in your book, but I want them to hear it from you to get them more excited about, about the book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, my parents were immigrants, and so they immigrated to America from the Middle East, and they quickly adapted to the American culture, including the money culture. And if you don't know this, if you leave this country for a moment, you'll see that America is obsessed with debt. I mean, we love it. We are just strapped with payments all over the place. And this toxic money culture is just one that wants to keep you reliant on debt. It It's designed to keep us broke. And think about this. It starts with the credit score. We grow up and we are told you got to build your credit score for adulthood and you have to go to college because that's the path to upward mobility. So how do we afford college with tuition rising 400% since the 80s? We take out monopoly money from Sally Mae. So now we're strapped with student loans. 
We're trying to build our credit score, which means we've opened up a credit card or five. And now we're spending on the card in order to build up the score, in order to get more debt, in order to get a better score, in order to get more debt. And then we wonder why life feels insane. And then we have a car payment on top of that and a mortgage that's too big. And now we're going, we have to invest for the future, but we're too busy paying for the past and we're stretched in a thousand directions. And you can feel the stress and anxiety that has caused so many Americans to feel behind. I'm like, that's so true. Like what you're saying is so true. I'm thinking about my daughters right now. And they're like, mom, I was told I need to get a credit card. And this and I was like, no, do not get a credit card. And if you do, you're going to get the time where you, you know, you have a certain limit. I'm like, you don't need to get a credit card. I just, it just, and they're, 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 I'm their mom. And we talk all about like building money and building wealth and how society is so off. So hearing you say that it, you are so right. Okay. And you speak from experience. Can you tell us a little bit about your story? I mean, you've been through this. I want to hear more about what you went through, like where you were at and where you are now. Well, I know you talk a lot about marketing here. And so I was kind of, you know, a tech savvy marketing guy. And so I got into social media and I wanted to be in film. And so the path you're told is get good grades so that you can get into your dream school. Well, they don't tell you that if you can't afford your dream school, you're just going to have to be strapped with student loans. And so that's what happened to me is as I pursued this path, I realized film school is $200,000. I got into my dream school, Emerson College in Boston, a great film and media school, and I couldn't afford it. So I went to the state school, still went into debt, graduated with a communications degree and 36 grand later, there I was left going, oh gosh, I didn't even know what the interest was. I didn't know how big these payments would be. I thought I'd be making a whole lot more coming out of college. And that's most people's experience. They haven't really done the math. They had big expectations because the parents pushed them down this path. And now here they are wondering if they're ever gonna be able to get ahead, if they're ever gonna be able to own a home, can they ever retire? And there's just so much hopelessness and cynicism out there. And I would, I just want to breathe some life and hope into people and tell them it's possible to live without this money matrix debt lifestyle we've all been accustomed to. Uh, you know, it's so funny. I graduated from high school. I was in a foster home. And when I turned, I, I haven't lived at home since I was 13. So like foster home, group home, all this stuff. When I graduated, it was like, hey, the money's out. You've got to go. And so I was like, what am I going to do? So I got a full-time job, got all these student loans, right? Went to school and was paying on those loans for at least 10 years. I remember like every month having around a $400 payment, which I'm 52. So do the math. That's like $1,200 a month now. It almost killed me, right? And I, I was just living forever paycheck to paycheck to paycheck after that. And I didn't know any other way but that. And so what you're saying is so, so true. And it's like educating people is so important. I just love, I love what you're doing. Okay, so I want to keep going with this because I want to make sure that we we get to this and we really let people understand that, that like the societal almost hypnotism, hypnotism that we've been like built to believe for all these years is incorrect. Um, and I almost feel guilty about talking against it. So I'm like, I don't believe in college anymore. Like I used to, I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't know if that's true, but I don't like, I believe like you want to learn something, go hire an expert who's done the thing instead of going to school for eight years, tapping all this debt, go pick a trade or a profession and mentor under somebody who's done the thing and, you know, incur, incur debt that way. So absolutely. Give us some examples of um, like some myths that are out there, like the different myths that are out there that, that we, and, and how do we overcome those myths when they've been so ingrained into us as, yeah. as there's there, you know, there's one for every single debt system. So I unpack in the book, credit scores, credit cards, student loans, auto loans, mortgages, investing traps. And so 
I'll give you a few that tie to those. So the credit score one is you can't live your adult life without a credit score. You'll never be able to rent a car or an apartment or get a hotel or buy a house. And once I got rid of my debt, my credit score disappeared eventually. Six to 12 months later, it becomes indeterminable and you're invisible as in the eyes of the credit industry. And I was still able to rent a car and rent apartments and even get a mortgage without a credit score. And so I realized this whole this scam that I had fallen for of you got to have a credit score to live your life. Life's going to be so much harder. And instead, I realized it was so much more freeing to not have to worry about what the heck my credit score was and instead go, do I have money in the bank? I do because I don't have payments to make. And so it was a beautiful thing unplugging from that myth. The second one is um, you need a card for the rewards and for fraud protection. And then I realized, wait, the credit card companies charge 22% interest and I have the possibility of getting 2% rewards for my spending. And I realized just by getting on a budget and using a debit card and cash, I was able to create so much more margin just by taking control of my spending versus trying to play this game that's put out there by the credit card companies. And then fraud protection, debit cards have the same protection. There's the Electronic Fund Transfer Act, Visa and MasterCard have zero liability protection on their debit cards. So all of that became a myth. And the last one I'll, I'll tell you is, you got to have a car payment. You're always going to have a car payment. There's just no other way around it. And so we just trade in our cars for another car payment and we get used to that $400, $600 car payment instead of going, I'm going to upgrade in cash over time. And once I did that, it was so freeing to own that car instead of that car owning me. And you can't go underwater on a car that you own outright. And we're seeing that so much now. People owe 20 grand. They owe 35 grand on a car that's only worth 20. That's a scary situation, and it's happening more and more as we get calls on the Ramsey Show. Gotcha. So let me. So I, I'm actually curious about this question. It's it's probably one that you're not used to going. I like to go kind of against the grain. So what would you say to somebody? Let's just say there's someone that can afford to, as an investment, buy a property outright. Okay. So this is I've done this. So for the past you know 10, 10 15 years, 10, 12 years, closer to fifteen, my age. I don't know. I, my goal was to uh, buy one property a year and I chose based upon my history to buy it outright, okay? Which chose not to be the smartest decision. Now, had I actually taken the cash to buy a home and then, uh, and I think we have like 10 or 12 homes now, but I should have put down 30% and then taken the rest of that money and leveraged uh, to buy more properties. I would have like, oh my gosh, I'd be, 30 times more wealthy right now, but because of, I was afraid of doing that because I was like, I want to keep the money here, but I wasn't letting my money that I had work for me. Now I know the 2008 crash was very different. We haven't seen that in a long time. Um, we've had appreciation forever. Right now we still have deceleration, which means properties are still appreciating, just not quite as high, right? So what would you say to someone like that? Like, I feel like I made the wrong, I, I made the wrong decision. I should have taken that, $400,000 and put down a hundred thousand or 150 and let the other two, three fifty work for me to buy another house. So I could have attained more wealth. What would you say to that? Mm, well, truthfully, I think you made the right decision. And so I'm going to encourage you there. And one of the reasons is, you know, Dave Ramsey's story of going bankrupt. He had $4 million worth of real estate. The bank called the notes. He couldn't pay it all off in the 90 days and it added more risk and pain to his life. And so Dave has hundreds of millions of dollars in real estate and it is all paid for in cash, which is hard to believe. It is unfathomable. But what he's realized, and I agree with, is that over time as you do this, 
that thing's going to cash flow like a beast because you don't have a payment on it, which means there's less risk, which means you can treat those properties differently. You're not desperate and you're not worried about is the tenant going to pay the rent? And what about the issue? You're not over leveraged. And so the term leverage, I think, is made, it's been made very sexy on, on social media. And you're made to be a bad guy if you, you know, uh, if you don't do that. And I think what you did was very wise because you less risk, uh, less debt equals less risk, more debt equals more risk. And so what you've done is just create a better financial foundation to where it's going to cash flow faster, which means you can get more properties. Will it slow you down in the short term? Yes. But when you look at Dave Ramsey's paid for properties and what they're cash flowing now, he's able to get more properties like that because of the uh, because of the little risk that he has. And so I think it's a beautiful thing to pay cash for an investment property. And this is a toy. This is an investment. And so you don't want to put all your eggs in this basket and then have something go wrong while being leveraged with multiple mortgages. So it's made to look very easy on social media, but in reality, it can be very stressful. And we take those calls on The Ramsey Show when it didn't go perfectly according to paper, when the leverage piece didn't work out perfectly, and it puts people in a real financial bind. So I'm with you on this one. I actually think you did it the right way. I saw a lot of that happen back in you know 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, when I was a real estate agent. I saw pretty much everyone lose almost everything which just made me even more kind of want to be careful with my, with my investments. But I mean, I yeah. was cash a couple years. I'm like, man, I should have maybe been a little more risky. I would have, you know, doubled, like done better. But I, I'm glad that you're one of the few people that have said that I did it right. So thank you for that. I just got a little bit of validation there. And well, it's countercultural for sure. But I think over time, you're never going to look back and go, uh, you know, there's always the what ifs of if I invested that in the market and if I invested that in more real estate, but that's that kind of, you know, paranoia thinking will, it won't get you anywhere. For sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, okay. Um, all right. So, so what do you say to people who say, "Look, George, this is just the system that we're in. This is the way it is. This is like," and many people will think that you're full of it because, which I, by the way, I don't because I I, I agree. With Thank you. Almost all of it, but they're thinking like the only way for me to get ahead is to, is to you know, it's the only way I'm going to get ahead. If you like this, you'd like to learn more about marketing, innovation, and technology, and how to stand out as the go-to agent area, do me a favor and sign up for my three-day unstoppable agent, and I will see you there. Yeah. Well, this takes a big paradigm shift because I remember thinking that way. It's hard to imagine a different way of thinking and acting and doing when it's all you've known your whole life or you were never taught financial literacy. So this is a tough one, but I believe, and it's from experience and from watching so many other people live this out, that you can opt out of this system, you know, in particular you don't have to have a credit score. And then if you don't need a credit score because you're not going to need any more debt because we're done with the debt game, then you don't need the credit card. You don't need to play these games. And so opting out just means we're taking debt off the table. We're going to live life with more margin, more peace, more options, more freedom, more joy. And I found that I've built well faster that way. You know, my wife and I became net worth millionaires not because we did anything fancy. We were the tortoise. We paid off our mortgage in our early 30s. We invested into our Roth 401ks. So now we have a paid for property and we have our retirement accounts and we're not in a rush. And what that means is we have margin with every single paycheck to live the way we want to live. And so it's a very different countercultural way to opt out of the system. But I believe when you rise above it, you're going to have a better life. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody like me? Okay. So for example, when I graduated from high school and I didn't have any money and, and mind you now, I went to junior college too, right? I went to junior college for the first couple of years and then I you know, worked full-time during the day, went to a, an extension college at night, but I still, I had to get student loan 
at the time to do it. I mean, that was just, I didn't, I didn't, I got some student loans or try some grants, but majority of it was student loans. What would you say? I, I will say something. <laughs> and again, I might not agree with you, but like for me, when I see people spending all this money to, to invest in college, to go to college, even like think of doctors, they go to college for 13 years. They have $500,000 worth of debt just to start off from scratch. You know, the average doctor makes $160,000 a year, which that is nothing like you cannot live up $160,000 a year. So they're prolonging their career. I mean, again, I still think that we need to change the way that we're being taught. We're being taught, go to the Ivy League schools and that's that's the right thing to do and go work for somebody else. Like I'm so against that, especially in the world that I'm in where I see so many people creating wealth from their own knowledge and, and kind of like being entrepreneurial and taking, like building their own stuff, building their own business. So what would you say to someone like me that if this was, you know, 35 years ago or 30, 34 years ago and I was like, I'm going to get this debt in today's economy, knowing what you know now, what would your advice be? Well, I, I think we can all agree the ROI on college isn't what it used to be. And so going to spend $200,000 on a degree that you may or may not use and that you may or may not even get, you may not even graduate. I mean, the stats are are pretty crazy out there. It just shows me that there's another path out there. And so we, I talk about this in the book and I say, here's who college is for. Here's why it might be a bad next step. And But don't ever tell your kid that this has to be the next step just so that the parent's reputation can feel good about it. That's what's happening. It's, well, this is my alma mater, and I can't tell my friends that my son is an engineer and he went to this school. Instead, you're like, my son is an entrepreneur? You know, it's it's not as it's not as sexy for a lot of people, but I think there's such beauty in if you have that entrepreneurial bent, go for it. We have we, we live in the land of opportunity, and now with technology and the internet, there's no excuse to not at least go start that business. And you know, I believe you can you can run it and start it debt free, and it's going to cause uh, you to be way more successful and less room for failure. But with the degrees, I just think more and more people are like, I could start a YouTube channel and make more than my buddy who has the Ivy League degree. Like. What a time to be alive. And so I, I do agree we shouldn't push kids to this path. And the questions I ask in the book, it's a two-question filter. Is it the only way and is it the best way? And if that's the path to take because you want to be a teacher or a nurse, that's great. But don't just go get a degree because it's what your friends are doing and it's what your parents want you to do because it's going to end up with you in debt, stunting your growth into adulthood because you're going, I can't buy a house. I can't start a family. I can't start a business because I'm strapped with 50000 in payments for a degree I'm not even using. Oh, that's so true. I, I was that. I was that mom. So my kids graduated in the past five years, and I was almost at first like feeling like they weren't going to the colleges. And one of my daughters wanted to be a cosmetologist. And I was like almost selfishly pushing her away from that because I thought of, oh, she's going to cosmetology school. I had to apologize to them. Like, I am so sorry for putting that on you. It was my own, you know, thinking people are going to judge me and my all my friends' kids are going to here and there. And, you know, so I appreciate you saying that. And kids, There's I'm a lot of shame and pressure out there. I think you're right. And it's, it's not just on the kids, but it's on the parents. And I think we have to stop poo-pooing the community colleges and the trade schools and cosmetology. We need all of these people in our community and they can do really well financially at a fraction of the cost. And so when you look at some of these trades and you know accountants and plumbers and cosmetologists, they can make some really great money for a fraction of the cost of some of the folks out there who are spending so much money on a philosophy degree. And you're going, what are you, you going to do with that, man? And then they're switching careers anyways. I know. And most of them, like the, the percentage of people that go to college and do the thing is so, so small, right? The thing that college does do is it, it shows that somebody made a commitment and they showed up and they 
finished and it teaches discipline and you know scheduling and all that i'm totally in agreement for the for those reasons my one of my good friend's daughters just graduated had her first year at a cosmetology school and she made over ninety thousand dollars last wow. year wow yeah her first year like she just started you know i'm thinking teachers don't even make that like the average teacher starts at around like forty thousand dollars some lawyers don't even make that i mean that's impressive hey well listen and i'm sorry our time is cut short a little bit today but this has been like awesome george and i want you again tell people where they can find you on socials the name of your book please go out and buy it um i only have people on my podcast that i that i believe in that we've researched that are legit and obviously george is so if you can just end with telling them their socials where they can find you the the information on the book and then one piece of advice and then and then we'll say goodbye Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, you're, you've got a great podcast. You're helping so many people, and it's an honor to be a part of it. So you can find me at George Camel with a K. So Camel like the animal, but with a K. And the book is called Breaking Free from Broke. It's available wherever you get books, but you can always jump onto our website, RamseySolutions.com slash store. I read the audiobook myself. There's the ebook version, all kinds of goodies and resources, including three months of our budgeting app called Every Dollar. You get that for free when you buy uh, the book. And so it's a great resource to help you take the next step. And that's kind of my final advice for you all. Uh, as you read the book, as you try to get better with money, you start paying off debt, you're building wealth, hope is out there. And cynicism is a choice and it's an easy choice. And I made that choice many years ago to just complain and grumble and decide it was everyone else's fault. But when I took control of my life and I took autonomy of my choices and my money, it changed everything. When you can just learn to live on less than you make, get on a budget, turn off all the noise and all the pressure from your friends and the social media and go, this is the year I'm going to get out of debt. This is the year I'm going to max out my retirement account. This is the year I'm going to pay off my house. I'm going to be outrageously generous. That's what we all want. We talk about money so we can stop talking about money because we want to be people of character who give more, who have patience, who have self-control and who have the freedom that you talk about so often on this show. And so that's my hope for people this year. And that's my hope. If you read the book, Breaking Free from Broke, you'll walk away with some pep in your step, ready to fight back against the toxic culture out there and ready to win in spite of it all. Awesome. So George Camel, everybody, Camel, like the, like the animal with a C, a K. <laughs> um, go check him out. It's awesome. Read his book, Breaking Free from Broke. Go and buy it right now. And please give it to your children. Give this, read it and then give it yes. to your Preventative medicine for the teens out there, for college grads. They need this to avoid the mistakes we all made. And I'm going to say it was so nice having you here, George. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope everyone is just as fired up as I am. And my last piece of advice is do not buy, get credit cards. Amen. <laughs> no credit cards. Uh, thank you so much, George. I appreciate you and everyone. I hope you are just as fired up. Remember, nothing happens. Information is not power. Implementation is power. That means right now, go buy the book. Put it on your calendar to read it, and I'll see you next time. If you like this, would like to learn more about marketing, innovation, and technology, and how to stand out as the go-to agent area, do me a favor and sign up for my three-day unstoppable agent, and I will see you there.